Oh, what is happening, ladies and gentlemen? As you can see, we are back in the lounge. Of course, I got my favorite co-host on the bottom over here. And as you can see to my right, we have got the OG in the building. Would you go ahead and introduce yourself and let the world know who you are, my good sir? Uh, thank you. Uh, this is different. I'm never, I'm never on this side of the screen, so this is, this is new for me. But um, yeah, Southside Mel, FTSL Mel. Um, yeah, from the sidelines, Mel. Um, you can on TikTok. Everybody knows I am the biggest. I, I'm not going to use hater. I'm not going to use hater. But I am the biggest LeBron James critic. <laughs> That's one way of putting it yeah. up there. So, yeah. of course, ladies and gentlemen, you know who I am. You can see the handle. I am the CEO of Dilfs Incorporated, Mr. GQ, the one and only. I am the leader of the Baby Mama Steelers, DJ Micah B. She said the Baby Mama Steelers. There you go. Hey, there you go. Hey, Let's somebody, work. Hey, somebody got to do it. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are here once again to do the favorite thing that we like to do, which is, of course, bring him to the lounge, talk to him. He introduced himself. So let me drop this little nugget on you real quick. Ah, it didn't work. So now we get to why we're here in this beautiful lounge. Okay, yeah. I, I see you over there working. Not, I see you. Hey, I'll be trying yeah. to be doing my best. Sometimes I'll be in my bag, and sometimes I just, you know, it be like that. Okay. So, you know, you know what? I, I, I know, I know you're about to start with a serious question, but I'm going to start with. I want let me start with a funny question real quick. Uh, 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 from the sidelines, Mel, Mel, inquiring minds want to know why are you always so intense and mad when you take Michael Jordan's side over LeBron? <laughs> It's not intense. I'm very intense. Yes. Not mad. Not intense. I'm intense. Not mad. But it, I'm, I'm passionate about it. There's a, there's a lot of misrepresentation uh, of my guy, MJ. You know, me and him got the same initials, you know, so I, I got to represent every time I get. All right. I told him I was going to at least ask you that one. So there we go. <laughs> no, I know. I'm not. The, everybody thinks I'm the angry man. I'm not the angry man. I'm really not. I mean, we, you know, every every family got to have a character. Yeah, right. that's you know. So I call you know, my long guy. Oh, not right. to get off my long guy. Because oh, <laughs> you know, I'm the resident old head, so I gotta, I gotta. I, that has to be me. Yep, one hundred percent. So, of course, like I said, Mike already kind of he knew, he knew what was happening. He knew what was coming. So, Mister Mel, I'm gonna put the floor in your hands. Tell everybody, you know, who you are, where you from. And for the most part, how you how you how your journey started? Uh, journey started for what? As far as what? What are you talking? About? Life. Just just life. Wow. Okay. Um. Let's okay. Let's get to the loud part. Um. I'm from New York, so generally, you're gonna get a you're gonna get some loud. You're gonna get you're gonna get loudness from me. Does it mean that I'm upset or angry? This is how we talk. But I've I've calmed down in my older age. Um. <laughs> Uh, Southside Jamaica, Queens to be exact, not just New York. So everybody understands that. So when I say Southside, it's Southside Queens, not Chicago. A lot of people thought it was Chicago. No, Queens. Um, my journey, my journey was a crazy one. Um, I actually come from a musical background. 
Um, my mom and dad both sing, my, my uncles. Um, Robin S is my aunt. Show me love if anybody. That is my aunt, that's my first aunt, love her to death. Um, my dad and his brothers uh, was on the Apollo. They lost to Freddie Jackson, which is stupid. I could be rich, could have been rich. Um, didn't work out that way. Um, yeah. <laughs> But um, like I said, music is um, a big, 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 big part of my family. Uh, I didn't take that route, though. I went sports. And I have, you know, I've got family members that are really deep in the sports. I had cousins that played for Georgetown, a um, couple cousins that played in the NFL, NBA, all that type of stuff. So that was my main focus. And um, went off to college, um, played Division One football, ended up going to JUCO. Um, semi-pro football, arena ball, any type of football, I played it. Like, every single type. Um, wow. And music. And, and music. I, I eventually got into the music game as, my fa as I got older as well. Um, my brother and all them producers, rappers, all that. So, give me, like, you want specific stuff, I can keep going down this rabbit yeah, hole no, we, it's gonna are, get, we, are we definitely gonna, gonna get it's gonna get, get there it's gonna get deep it's all right. we, know, we, <laughs> we definitely we're gonna get there i'm sure you caught you caught some of, uh some of moolage's um interview you know we're gonna we're gonna peel back the layers of this thing we're gonna we're gonna pull okay. our best shrek you know saying like onions you know so we're gonna keep pulling yep. layers back so we're gonna we're gonna definitely get there so you got a musical background you you play you went through sports you got it you know you have a, a family that's kind of got a lot of trades um you and i have had a lot of um sidebar conversations as well mm -hmm. um you have a very talented wife as well um you know if you want to jump yes. in a little bit of your family, you know, talk yeah. about your your wife your kids you know what you know the successes that's currently going on with with them as well mm -hmm. well i just went out for a second oh i can see there you go all right there you go right, whatever the last after successes i didn't hear nothing you said just the um the successes and you know how and you know the the big moves that are going on with your family and whatnot. Uh big thing. Um, okay, we'll talk about my, uh, we can touch on my wife real quick. Um, Samaya McCray, originally Samaya Jackson, now um, professional dancer. Uh, went to Juilliard. Um, it's weird people, you know, they hear Juilliard and you never really meet someone who actually gone to Juilliard. My wife yes. actually went to Ju actually went to Juilliard. Um, and also she went to, um, I don't know how old you guys are. Y'all remember the movie Fame? It's an old movie, but yes. Yeah. So she actually went to that high school as well. That's LaGuardia High School in New York. So she is very well versed in dance. Yeah. 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 So, um, as far as that, she's, uh, she toured the world, um, with Cher. She's actually... She's been dancing for share, shoot, 17 years now. Dad. Um, easy. Yeah, she she danced for Tony Braxton. She's done like um Soul Train Awards. She's done, you know, granted, she's done all of the big shows. Um, she's also done Broadway, Lion King, Color Purple. Um, what else has she? She's she's done all of them a lot. Like, um, uh, what was it? Hamilton. Um, so she's well versed. We have a dance studio now where she's teaching a uh, dance to the younger generation. One of her kids actually got highlighted um, in Debbie Allen's studio. 
she went to Debbie Allen studio for a little bit. Um, so when it, she got highlighted there, she also had a solo in the, I think it was the Grammys, this little, little girl named Holiday. Um, she's like the crown jewel of the dance studio. We actually, you know, so the studio's doing well. It's doing well, you know, it's been retweeted by celebrities and stuff like that. So she's really doing her thing. Um, she's supposed to be starting up. No, I'm not gonna say anything. That's under the wraps. That is uh, to be no. That is to be announced later. No, I thought we was about to get. We about to get some. Hold on, baby. But no, that's right. dope. Um, Hamilton's one of my one of my favorites that I've I've watched. Like I sat down with the whole family. We watched it. Like I want to catch it live whenever if it ever goes back on tour. Like it was that was a phenomenal production right there. Yeah, I will. Um, definitely. Well, now that I know, I'll definitely make sure when it does pop off. I got I got y'all. Tickets are on the way. That's what I'm talking about. I'm I'm a I'm a big musical person myself. We're both both well versed in music. I used to be in a dance group, all kind of things. So I love arts. I really do. So okay. that's that's pretty dope, man. I didn't. I I would have never guessed that. That's pretty dope. Oh, I, I'll take my coverage. So that is a definite. I, I I'm good. Yeah, and then major shout out to the chats, uh, Johnell. See you up in there. I'm sure at some point we're gonna get an, an appearance from your goat if he, you know, not doing you know soccer practice or whatever right. you got going on these days. Of I course, don't shout have out to Troy because I know we seen Troy over there. Yeah, he said you had a forty today, so we had to. I don't have uh, a forty. <laughs> You just got a tall boy. That's all. Yeah, that's all it is. So that's cool. So what we got right here, folks, is a group of individuals who all have some sort of a musical background. Myself and DJ Michael B have been choir boys since elementary school, went to rival high schools. Went, we was in choir all the way through college. Yep. Only performed together, what, four times as far as choir is concerned? <laughs> outside of the, the music that we wrote together, outside of all the all those things. But oh. so it's just dope hearing about all that type of stuff. So that's, that's really dope. So we're going to continue our transition. So how did you make this transition? You know, you have the amazing family life. You did the sports thing. You did a little bit of coaching. How did you find your way into the the world of podcasting? Like what, what got you started? What got you introduced into this world? Um, ironically, it's always my wife. It's always my wife. Um, I was, it was during the pandemic. Like everybody was doing their thing. Everybody was, you know, TikToking and Instagramming and like trying to find outlets to do things. And um, I was one of them. I was just, I got on TikTok, I started making videos and, um, you know, it just, it started to get natural. And then my wife was like, you look comfortable doing this. And then um, I got into a couple back and forth on Instagram about sports, like different sports topics and stuff like that. And my wife knows, I, me and my brother, shout out to Doc Holler, me and him talk sports all day. Like, he'll call me in the morning. Yo, did you see what this happened? Did you do this? Did you do that? And then in my mind, I was like, well, me and him talk about it all the time. I wonder who else wants to talk about it. And I, one day I just told my wife, I was like, you know what? I'm going to change my TikTok. I'm going to do nothing but sports. I'm going to do nothing but sports stuff, see where it goes, and see who thinks like me. And at the time, I'm like I said, I'm a... 40 plus year old man. My TikTok was stupid. It was just me doing silly shit. I had like a hundred followers and I switched it over to sports for a week. I went from a hundred followers to 600. Just talking sports and giving my perspective on things. And then um, I said, you know what? I think I want to do a podcast. And that's when Troy from, from the sidelines actually reached out to me and was like, hey man, like I saw some of your content. 
you want to come on the show? I was like, bet. I, let's do it. So I did their show for a couple of weeks. Um, they, you know, they liked me. I liked the vibe that they had. And he invited me to be like a permanent fixture into the, in the podcast. And here we are. Sound like the pandemic just brought a lot of stuff out of air. <laughs> for real. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's no different from like from me, me and DJ Michael B. We were the same. We have been, we have been, we we would talk on the phone for for hours, debating sports, talking. I'm like, man, we ought, well, we ain't got no podcast. Like, we we should have been did this forever ago, and mm-hmm. then, you know, something kind of just fell into place, and then we started doing it. Yep, and it's um it's a natural thing for me. This is just what I do. Like, I do it at work. I do it at home. I do it with my brothers. I I was like, well, shit. Like, can you make money doing this? Yes, yes, you can. And um, just it just so happens, like I said, it was just by, you know, sheer luck that Troy reached out. And now, like, my TikToks are going crazy with, you know, I went from 100 followers to 6,000 in no time. Okay, so. Go ahead, what you got? So growing up, I mean, what, 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 what did you, what sports Really, what sport really got you in a sport? Like, what was your first love in sports? First love in sports, baseball. Interesting. Baseball. Baseball was my first love because my dad loved baseball. My dad is a big baseball fan. So my dad didn't have a lot of time, but I knew he had time for baseball. So I knew if he had time for baseball, if I played baseball, he'd make time for me. That wasn't the case, though. But I was <laughs> I was good at it. I was good. I was a, I was literally, I played every position on the, on the, on the baseball field. I started off, um, I started off as a catcher because nobody else wanted to catch whatever. So I started off as a catcher. Craig Vigio was like my favorite player when I was little. And I moved around. Like I, I moved to first base. I moved to second base. My brother played shortstop, you know, in baseball, little league baseball. So I remember that. So I was like, no, I can play that. I can do that too. And I just started moving and then became all sit, you know, just for like, Pop Warner, whatever you want us. Um, I was all city. Um, I was an all star, MVP, all of that. Like I was everything in baseball, but I didn't really love it, love it. But I just excelled at it. Probably should have kept doing it, but I did it for my dad. And then um, that's when football really kicked in for me. I've been I started I started playing football when I was like seven, eight. Um, my uncle and my um, my cousin we played football together and just little league football around New York. And I was about 10 years old. We were playing two on two football in the back of the building. And I caught a pat. My cousin played quarterback. He threw a pass and I caught it over my shoulder. First time I ever did that. And in my mind, I just caught a pass like Jerry Rice. So from that moment on, I was like, Oh, I can play football. This is it. This is, this is it. This is it for me. And then it's been football ever since. Like every type, I played flag, I played contact. I absorbed it like a sponge. Like I really sat down and just started studying guys who played the position that I wanted to play: the Ahmad Rashards, the Jerry Rice's, the Anthony Carter's. Like those, like started to mold me into the football player that I eventually came to be. So this man was Mister All Around. Yeah, apparently. That, yeah, no, I was. Oh, and, and no, my brother, my brother, like my family, like I said, my 
my older brothers, my oldest brother was a point guard, like one of the, he was one of the best point guards in the city. And um, so I, basketball was another thing where I was just, I watched him and I was just like, I wish I could do that. And so I tried hard. I couldn't dribble to save my life, but I could play defense and I can shoot. I was the original three and D guy. So that's me. Nothing wrong with that. So when I, whenever I would play with my brother, like I would, like I, I played with my older brothers from the time I was like 13 years old, whether it was flag football or basketball, I was always with them. Like I was the youngest dude on every team. So as I played with, you know, kids my age, I don't want to call them kids, but they were just, you know, my peers. I was always a step or two ahead of them because I kept, I was always playing with dudes that were 18, 19, 20. Like my brother, my older brother, he's 10 years older than me. So I was always in that group with them. And then my other brother, he ran track and he was one of the fastest dudes in the city. Like when he was in high school, he was racing guys in college. So every look, every weekend we would race. Like I figured if I could beat him in a race, I could beat anybody. I never beat him, but he made me faster than everybody else. I like it. So it's just not it's not a hat that Mr. Mail ain't wore, is what I'm gathering from all the above, whether it's music, whether it's sports. No, no, music as well. Music is it's crazy how I fell into music because I actually when I moved back to New York, my brother's my little brother, my, my younger brother, he's a great basketball player as well. Excellent basketball player. And um, but foot, that but um, music was his passion. So um, I'm gonna slide off. I told you about my brother that ran track. So he were both my brothers were firefighters in New York. Um, one works EMS, the other one's actual fire fireman. Um, I lost him in 9/11. Okay. He went down in tower. He went down in tower two. And um, I was living in Maryland at the time, and going. I was married. I was going through some different things, and. Um, after that relationship kind of went its way and I got my divorce and, um, I moved back to New York in 2007. And one of the biggest things was to get tighter with my family. And, um, I knew me and my, me and my older brother, football was always our thing and basketball sports was always our thing. So in order for me to connect with my little brother it was music. And, um, so I went back, you know, to, um, go back to New York and just started, managing him in a sense, um, you know, and I was never nugget of Melvin. I'm a rough rider, been part of rough rider since 2005, actually got my name in rough rider from DMX himself. Um, so that was a, you know, that's why I say music has always been a part of me. Um, Swiss beats is like a third cousin to me. My godson is, my cousin married Swiss Beast cousin, and my godson is Swiss Beast cousin. Like that, like we're we're all family. It's weird how that happened, but it is what it is. Um, so music. I just I started, you know, producing my brother, and I got him hooked up with a couple other people. And then one day he was in the studio. Somebody didn't re remember to do a verse for a song. They looked at me and was just like, "Yo, we need eight bars right now." get in the booth. And I was just like, well, that's not what I do. I'm not a rapper. I don't rap. <laughs> and then they was like, well, you write all the damn time, bro. Like, get in there. Like, we know you got something. So I was just like, all right. Went in, did my little eight bars. My brother had the eight after me. And 
boom, a light went off in that. And, um, huh? Y'all talking? <laughs> And um, yeah, and then music, I found a new outlet for me. Um, a lot of the stuff that I was going through personally with my divorce and just where my life was at that moment, music became that outlet. I just sat in the room, got some music, started writing, you know, and then my daughter picked it up. My daughter is, she's the only, I'll tell you about my daughter later. Um, but yeah, it just turned into one minute. I'm helping my brother next minute. We performing on stages and everything. I agree with John Hill because we're interviewing Batman and I just, <laughs> I, I would have never, I would have never guessed music. Music was your thing. Like, uh, I, it seems, it yeah. seems like more sports is your thing. I'd have never guessed, I'd have never guessed music. So no. just, just talking about music. Do you by any chance have a hidden talent in singing? Because this, this is where it seems where it's trending this way, where was, you can. You, you took the thought right out of my head. I was like, we, we got a rapper in there. We found out he got some bars, like you know, some, some humming in there too. I can sing. I haven't. My dad's a singer. My, like my dad, that's what he does. Like my dad, my dad still sings to this day. Um, I can sing, but I never took like vocal lessons or anything like that. So everything that I do is just it's just naturally what I can do. But um, if I really I mean, I guess if I wanted to and I because my dad asked me the same thing. My dad was like, why don't you stop doing the rapping shit and just go sing like you would make more money if you were just singing. And I was like, oh, no, no, stop my, I don't want to. I don't know if I can do it like I'm not him. So but I know. I mean, if I wanted to, I think I could. I mean, but the formula is there. If you can sing and you like skin. Oh, well, that my. Was, that's <laughs> It's kind of what my dad was leaning on, you know. He was just like, "You can do that, like light skin. You got your eyes. You can do it. Like you can make this work for yourself." And I was just like, "Hey, man, it worked for Drake." And no, it was it was true. Uh, and I should have, I probably should have took it if I would have, if I was younger when this happened. Like if I would would have gravitated to music earlier, I think I would have. Yeah, I could have definitely done it. So. We actually can have this conversation since we have three music folk in this conversation. So I'm gonna ask this question because you 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 the OG on this set right now. So your your preference is genre of music. Are you more of the the hip hop guy? Are you the R and B guy? And I ain't talking about this new R and B junk. I'm talking about the R and B that we know, the stuff you play at the cookout, the good stuff. Mm -hmm. Like what what's your what's your go to flavor when it comes to music? Wow. Um. <laughs> I'm. I'm I'm gonna say I'm a hybrid, um, and I say why because when I grew up, I was in the middle of both of it. Like hip hop was coming up, and our, I'm a big New Edition fan. Like, preach. There we go. Now we're yeah, like, cooking. Yeah, like you can't tell me nothing about New Edition. Like, there's nothing you can say about them. Um, so I side note story time. Um, I did a talent show. And I sang Cool It Now by myself. I did the whole thing by myself. Yo, that takes some skill. Yeah. That's not yeah. an easy song to do by yourself. It's too many times in that song to do by yourself. Right. I did it by myself. Like, the whole song. And um, so Did you hear Puberty yet? Because there's some high notes in there, too. You know what I'm saying? Where you kind of got to, you know. I was you know. young. I was definite. No, nah, I was still young. So I was up there. I was. You couldn't tell me I wasn't Ralph Trezor. <laughs> 
Yeah, because I'm thinking um, that, that original cool it down, you know, say, I mean, cool it down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's high as shit. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm a, I'm a hybrid. Like I, I love hip hop. I love I love hip hop, and I love well. Let me do this. I love rap, hip hop. Everybody gets this con- gets this confused. Hip hop people is the lifestyle that goes with rap. Just somebody so else finally said it. Yeah, um, you know, hip hop is the lifestyle. It's the clothes. It's you know the music. It's the music. Rap is the soundtrack to the lifestyle of hip hop. That makes perfectly sense. To nope, that's perfectly. That's perfectly that's, said. That's, makes, that's, sense, that's, makes sense to the three of us now. To the to the public, you know, a whole different ball game. So I want to keep it on this. I want to keep it on the on the on the rap game specifically because we we ask this question to lots of different people. So now we got to get it from you. Who is okay. your Mount Rushmore of MCs? Of MCs? Because mm-hmm. no. you know, of course, you know we got rappers. Okay, because because there's, MCs, because there's rappers, know. right? Exactly. But okay. I, I want to know about your MCs. Rappers are rap, but I want to know about your MCs. Um, you want four? I want four. I want your Mount Rushmore. You can have an um, after the Mount Rushmore. Uh, Rakim, LL yes. Cool J, yes, Eminem, Jay Z. Okay, that's solid. That's solid. That's solid. And a lot of people just, and it's, it's unfortunate. It, it, it doesn't fall on deaf ears here, but I mean, a lot of these kids nowadays wouldn't know Rock him if they if you walk past him on the street. No, nah, no, no. And, nah, and, that, and that's the, and, and most people now, they just see LL Cool J, they just see him on TV. They don't realize, and we've talked about this, you and I talked about it right before the show, yeah. too, but me and Mike have got very in depth. Like, like, LL is a part of my life. Like, there's, Back, like, yeah. like, <laughs> you, like he was a part of one of the greatest rap beefs of all time like and it yeah, was, and if it you was don't know I wish, yeah i wish more beefs were done that way you know what we're not gonna fight i'm not gonna shoot at you i'm gonna drop a track on the radio and then you're gonna keep dropping tracks we're gonna keep dropping these tracks like that to me is mm-hmm. how a a true rap beef should have gone like i i do like the idea that we have like the verses going on now like that's 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 better like I don't mm-hmm. like the fact that, of course, back when the East Coast West Coast was going on, you know, we resorted to actual violence. Like it, it took away from right. the, the the art of rap. What hip hop hip hop was built on battling. Yeah, and see, so, battling but not violence. Right. No, it was I'm better than you, and I'm going to show you I'm better than you through these bars. And if you want to beat me, go get better. Exactly. I like that. So we got one more, one more Mount Rushmore question, and it revolves around your R and B artist now. Wow, R and B. This one's always tough. This one's okay. always tough. In, individual or group? Either or. Wow. Um, now this is just as far as all time great. R&B singers. 100%. It doesn't matter if they. It doesn't matter if they're writers or anything like that. This is this is all on you. This is your Mount Rushmore, your personal one. Wow. Okay. Uh, Michael Jackson, Prince, R. Kelly. You fight off them firstly pretty quick. Because <laughs> don't yeah don't those are those are staples like those are. Um. Wow, who would be number four? A lot of people out there. 
Um, wow. Ah, uh, damn. There are a lot out there. Um, I'll go Stevie Wonder. Oh, good one. That's a, that's a good one. That's a good one. See, we, we just like to do it because I like to just continue to peel back that curtain so people can just see. Mm. Right now, everybody knows Mel is, is the host of Inside the Huddle. But now we get to see who's, who is the man behind Inside the Huddle. Yeah. Behind, who is this man? And, it, and as you can see, ladies and gentlemen, this is a very well-versed man over here. When it that's comes to music, when it comes to sports, when it comes to life, this is a very well-versed man. So, big fan of your your Mount Rushmore's. Both are phenomenal. So, I'm gonna pull the I'm gonna pull the timeline up just a little bit. If you could pick one one of each, as far as your hip, as far as rap and R and B of the modern era, who you think is kind of on their way up? Who do you think those two would be? Whether it's a group or an individual. I know R and B is a little tricky because in our minds, me and Mike have already said R and B R and B died. It died a long time. Give me well. Give me all right. Give me a. What from what time? Like, where you want me to start from? Like, two thousand what? You can start from literally two thousand. <laughs> okay. I mean, unless you want to go oh. back to the early ninety, because that's where like R. Kelly and Usher no. came from. But you can go from two thousand on. And no, no, you're, you're... I, I think I um, if we're gonna say, if we're gonna go rap, if I'm gonna remove Eminem and Jay from that list, and just go with um. Uh, I would go J. Cole and R&B wise there's two there's one is sentimental to me because that's my little brother um, that would be Trevor Jackson um, I have not heard the name Trevor Jackson in a very long time that's the that's the little bro. That's that's little bro right there. Um, his new album is gonna be fire. We were listening to it last weekend. It's gonna be crazy. Um, uh, Bruno Mars. Oh, I fucks with that. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So when when I made my comment about you know, like R and B being dead, is it because the way they classify R and B these days to me is not the same as it was in the the yeah. The fifties to we'll say to two thousand. What we say about Mike about two thousand nine probably, because in our minds, true R and B like not not what we hear now, but true R and B like the last the last true R and B group that was that even existed was Day Twenty Six, like that Fact. was the last one. Like actual, I believe that. Yeah. because the sound and it's obviously because of Diddy because Diddy has the experience with one twelve and with everything else, but Day Twenty Six had that sound that sounded like the same R and B I grew up in. I grew up in a, my mom was a big R and B person. So, and I grew up in you know, a lot of SWV in the house, you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of that type of, you know, you know, a lot of black, a lot of black street, a lot of prince. Like, you yeah. know, I grew up, you know, Gerald Levert is actually, I'm related to him on my mother's side of the family. He's related to my family up in California. So I was a big Gerald Levert guy. So big LSG guy. That was a huge, huge music group in my house. Like, of course, all three of those guys individually were legends in their own right. Especially Mr. Johnny Gill. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. But. Like we, like I said, we talked about this in depth. But like I said, for us, it was it was day twenty six. Like I hadn't heard anybody mm-hmm. else, R and B wise. I mean, individually, you know, Trey Songs was there, but he still kind of became more pop. Neo was the same boat, but kind of became more pop. Like Usher is the only one that kind of really, as a sing, as an individual, really, a little bit of music soul child. If you want to go that route, maybe Raheem Devon, but he's more alternative. 
Um, Life Jennings, he really only had like we'll say what three, one. probably three really, three really. One yeah. hit everybody knows, but for the music folk, three hits that he was really that we was all kind of keeping up with. <clears throat> um, hip hop wise, I, I like the idea of J Cole. I'm a big Kendrick fan. That's that's Kendrick's my guy. Mm-hmm. J Cole's one of my favorite. Of course, Wayne. Uh, speaking of Wayne, Wayne and Jay Z are dropping a new track. It's coming out Friday. So of Is course we're gonna get the second. One. It's gonna be the second one because Mr. Carter was a phenomenal track. So now we're gonna see what this next one sound like. Yep. And um, but I think the the bigger issue with um with R and B being lost is we there was a point where if you was an R and B singer and you wanted a hip hop feel, you would call a rapper to jump on your song. And if you were a yeah. rapper and you wanted a hook done by an R and B singer, you would just call an R and B singer to do your song. We've That's gotten true. to the point where the rappers started singing and the singing and the singers started rapping. Facts. So, so what happened was R and B got merged into rap. It became one. It's one thing now. That's what they call hip hop. It's one thing. But would you also would you also make the argument that society also played a factor in R and B dying? Yes, I, because I say that because what we what we all knew. When a man would sing a song way back when, you know, like we talk guys who yep. were singing, I'm talking about like sing Same serenade thing. a woman. That sang. Was a big deal. But nowadays, yeah, exactly. Sang, excuse me. Nowadays, let a dude do something like that. And it's like, oh, oh, he, oh, he's soft. You know, oh, he's yeah. lame. You know, we now they want a dude or a gal to come across, you know, and be more, more savage, you know, more like, yeah. and I'm like, that's, that's not like, even a guy like LL, right? We, we saw the transition. My man went from a, from a battle rapper to, to a rapper, to make sure he had balance for the ladies, and we even talked about it. This man got into the 2000s and dropped Headsprung and was still killing the game. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, this entire generation, current generation, only know him as an actor on, on NCIS Los Angeles or, you know, stuff like that. Like, we remember seeing him on any given Sunday, you know what I'm saying, or seeing, yeah. him, get, seeing him fight off a shark and actually survive, be one of the few African-Americans that survived in a film like that, you know, like, big <laughs> deal. <laughs> you know, just gotta throw that out there. But I'm still mad at the shark for killing Birdie, by the way. 100%. Yeah, but I what happens, um, this will probably be another topic for, you know, we already talked about the GQ. Um, women killed R&D because women killed chivalry. Oh. They did. Me, oh, yeah, me and Mel had a very long conversation about this. That is a good point. Oh, oh don't worry. We got a future show coming for y'all with that. Y'all going to, oh, some of y'all man. might be upset yeah. on that one. Yeah. So but that, I mean, but that's but think about where R and B went. Because you can make you can make the argument that the the roles have shifted. Yes. Because look at like prime example. Let's look at you got like Megan Thee Stallion, you got like Cardi B. Look at the type of music that they make now, and it's more of like this alpha female type. Mm-hmm. And that's now you know. And of course, here's the thing: if you actually pay attention to music, it goes back. It was already <clears> the, <throat> the seeds were planted. Destiny's Child planted these seeds. Talking about independent women and all this other thing. All of a sudden, Beyonce, who runs the world? Like, you know, the seeds were planted a long time ago. They just didn't sprout till these kids were born, which are now obviously the ones that we have now. So it's mm-hmm. like the roles kind of flipped. And a lot of the, you know, now it's like, of course, now all every single new male rapper out there is just got to be this hardcore gangster. And half of them ain't, ain't ever seen the streets. Right. And it's, it's, it's sad because, and, and I do blame... I, I blame women in that aspect of it. Well, the industry for promoting it. And I also blame men not being able to stand up and go against that. 
Yeah. It was is that last like, the, like, the fact that the basically men just said, All right, we'll take this back seat. And I'm like, why? Right. Why? Because it made it made too it's it it made too much sense. It's I'm gonna take and uh, like I said, this is a whole this is a whole other show, y'all, but it's hard to go against women when you were raised by a single mom. It is when you've never seen a when you've never had a strong male figure in your life and all of the all of the figures in your life are women. The last thing you want to do is buck up against that. And we're, we're talking about a consistent uh, figure, not figures that come yeah. in and out of your life, because I am one of the, right. I am one of those young men that was raised by 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 a mother like that. So I'm 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 100. I understand. Yeah, it's just like, you know, it's. It sucks. It sucks, man. It sucks. But um, I still have hope that R and B can return. I do. Um, well, we just got to support. We got to support it when we see it. I'm gonna support it, but you know, everybody and their mama gonna be calling them a simp. Hey, but it's not. They said, man, simp, it, just, it depends it, on what you define. Yeah. My my opinion: there's just no substitute for an individual who can just sing. No. Like, there's nothing. Right. I don't think there's anything I've ever seen in this world that can capture emotion like somebody who can truly just put it all through their voice, mm-hmm. whether it's pain, whether it's happiness, like whatever it is. Like, obviously, you know, we hear there, there are iconic moments in, in history that revolve around music, like Whitney Houston singing the national anthem is still one of the greatest things you will ever hear. But right. then look at just this past Super Bowl. Chris Stapleton did a damn good job on the national anthem. That's a completely different. He's a he is a. He is a country singer with soul. So we called mm-hmm. him a seasoned. He got, you know, he had a little seasoning on it. But Chris Stapleton did a damn good job on the national anthem. Yep. Like he really did. Like I'm the fact that people were criticizing him, like, did you listen to it? Like, did you listen to what this man did? Like, how no, most people can't even pick up an instrument, first of all. And this man did it with a guitar in his hand and had the microphone. Look, if you're gonna criticize anybody for singing a national anthem, Fergie. Boy, I, boy, I was going to say it. What man? Fergie was the worst. Fergie was the worst. I don't know what was on her mind. <laughs> I don't know what was on her mind or who told her. Like that is a good idea. No, it's it not. Wasn't. Her, her, she, it was a bad idea. She doesn't have the. She didn't have the voice for it. She no. She, her voice, her voice isn't. It's not powerful enough. Like I do think. Any anybody, even when you and I were in in high school, Michael, like them individuals that sung the national anthem before our ba- our basketball games, they were good at what they did. I did it. Right. I did it. My team won. Like, and, and I'm not saying that Fergie can't sing. Like, she she's not bad. No, I'm not, she's not. No, she actually she, does have some pretty damn good vocals. Just the national anthem takes a it takes a different level of vocals. Yeah, it takes and, a certain range that she can't get. You. Everybody ain't got it. Like nope. everybody ain't got it. Uh, and I um and um we'll talk and um we'll double back on just like what how, how you said about with R and B and just how it's the emotion the soul. Hip hop is missing that. I keep saying hip hop, rap, rap is missing that. I grew up in a time where we had variety. Like mm-hmm. I could listen to Will Smith, Ice Cube, yep. LL Cool J. A public enemy, and and like all within a ten minute frame. I missed because game. music, like you, you could pick like how people used to always say, "I know what, I know what mood Mel is in based on the music he's listening to." 
And we don't have like everything now is it's like it's turn, not not like I said, I don't knock it. I just don't think we needed this much of it. <clears throat> That's all. In my there's, there's, like, too many, there, there's too many cookie cutter artists. Right. Like there was a place for diggable planets. There was a place for a Tribe Called Quest and an NWA and a KRS One. Mm-hmm. And I'm dating myself, but whatever. Um, but you you speaking our language over here. You know, so I you could just take all of those things and enjoy it for what it was. Like everybody loves to sit there and say, Oh, Will Smith is corny, but all y'all play summertime in the summer. If you think Will Smith like, is corny, you you need to listen I to the lyrics a little bit harder. To, uh, getting jiggy with it. I don't I'm give a damn what nobody got to say. Yeah. Like, you don't, like, it's weird. And the crazy thing about it is, they'll tell you, I don't listen to getting jiggy with it until I tell you Nas was the one who wrote it. Yeah, I mean, even... even and then everybody get like, what? Like, yeah. This man did just the two of us with a with a young Jaden Smith. Like, and it was, it was, it was a damn good track. Like, it was a great track. Mm-hmm. Like he did the wild, like, the wild, the wild, wild West Trunk track with Drew Hill. That was. Fire. I don't care what nobody says. That song was fire. I don't care. Hey, what nobody man, what, man, man, Drew Hill, they killed that. That, that was fire. That man, hey, Cisco yeah. came to murder that yeah. hoe. The Men in yeah. Black song was fire. Men in Black, yeah. Like, like but that Will Smith did that was like ahead of its time a little bit too, and that's what that's where yeah. he, he gets lost, you know. And it's like even like you say, and you say summertime. Yeah. Summertime was a huge one. Everybody and their mama listen to summertime. Just like everybody yep. listen to Tupac's I Get Around. Like them summertime style tracks, like they don't go nowhere. No, and we make we come from an era where our music is timeless. Mm-hmm. When you really do good music, it becomes timeless. Doesn't matter when you play it, it's gonna hit you a certain way. I play I get around right now, it's gonna hit you a certain way. Yeah, you know what like, I'm saying. I play um, my daughter. My, I tell you, my daughter. She's a whole nutcase. She is me reincarnated. She's a vibe. But, um, she's a whole vibe. Like I'm. She had her iPad, um, her headphones on. I'm like, what is that? Where is it coming from? And she's listening to Run DMC's. Um, oh, why can't I think of the song now? I had it in the top of my head right before I started talking, and now I lost it. Um. Whatever, I can't, I, I don't hit me later. My Adidas? But it wasn't my Adidas. And it was like, it was like a B-side song. Like, what do you listen? How do you even find that? And she was like, no, like, because of you. And I'm just like, but that's my child. I'm talking like, about. She's, um, you know, it's <laughs> like, we, we don't, we don't have timeless music today. No. Like, it's, it's really good for two, three months. Like, if I was to say, Name me two songs off of Drake's last album. Most people couldn't do it. That damn elevated music album was trash. I say it. You know what I'm saying? But if I say, but if I told anybody, I was like, "Yo, give me two out, give me two songs off Biggie's Ready to Die." They're gonna tell you right off. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, give me some. Like, give me two Tupac songs. Give me like they can do it because it's there. Like, okay, well, give me two Wu Tang songs. They can do it. Like they. They all gravitate back to that because that was actual music. Mm-hmm. It was real rap. It was real rap. Like it was real. That was the golden era. You talk about like the golden era of of rap to me. You, I mean, everybody talks about '96 to about 2005. That's like that's the crust. Like that right there. That's the meat and potatoes. 
like you getting all the good stuff between that time frame. But when you start from like 83 to 96, like I'm not like I said, that's me. Y'all don't know nothing about 96, about 1983 rap, but it was crazy. Like if I mentioned, you know, rap like third base and, you know, a lot of different, there's a lot of groups that were just, they were fire, man. Like we, we, we were vibing back then. I mess with it. So kind of leaving the music scene, the music tip a little bit. Um, how far did you go in sports? Uh, uh, like I said, I went to college. Um, after college, um, I was a practice squad guy. Never got to actually play an actual NFL regular season game. Um, but practice squad, um, dressed up for a couple preseason games um, for the Baltimore Ravens in uh, 2000. Um, uh, practice squad, um, watched with the Redskins in Oh three, two thousand three, and then oh five with Tampa Bay, and then mm-hmm. after that, like you know, arena ball, um, semi pro ball. I played um, playing pro ball in in DC. I played in New York. Um, arena ball. I played in Philly for a season. And then for those who don't know. Mr. Mel, tell everybody your 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 football, your NFL team, your love, who you root for on a, on a any given Sunday. Um, it changed. Well, I'm a okay. I'm a Washington fan through and through. I say Washington. I grew up when they were the Redskins. Um, Daryl Green is a close personal is a close friend of the family. Um, Doug Williams uh, was the Doug reason Will. originally. Why I fell in love with them. I was, you know, you see a black quarterback, you're like, that's my team right there. Like, that's it. Sure. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so um, that happened. So, two things, like, I had two wishes in life. One, play Michigan football. Never happened. Um, the, the high school I went to was the closest I got to Michigan football because our uniforms were exactly like Michigan. So, in my brain, I was playing for Michigan while I was in high school. <laughs> and um, my second wish, and that, that goes into um, Desmond Howard. Um, that's family as well. Um, and then going to actually playing for Washington was my dream. Got close, very close. Um, I got the jersey in the closet right now. I got to frame it at some point. Um, but yeah, that was, um, that was the two dreams I had, playing for Washington. And Michigan football, and I came close with one of them. So I take it you're you're happy about the about Mr. Snyder finally selling the team. I am a different. See, I'm one of the different people. I understood what Daniel Snyder was doing. It may not have worked, but he didn't do it without wanting to win. Now we can question all of the moves after the fact. But they were all done in the vein of making the team better. So I'm not one of the, you know, let's bash Daniel Snyder people. Um, it just didn't work out. You know, it is what it is. It's, you know, he succeeded in. Well, I can't even say he I can't even say he didn't succeed with Washington. He brought the team. For I think it was like three hundred and fifty million. Mm-hmm. He's selling it for six point three billion. 
which is higher than what the Broncos just sold for. Freaking insane. Yeah. yeah, so I was like, I can't say it was an absolute failure um, business-wise. I mean, he more than tripled his money. Like, that's what, what he did is nuts. Um, you know, and he was a fan first and became the owner, and that's a dream if you're a fan of a team that you've actually own it one day you playing john madden in real life but yeah it just didn't work as much of a fan as i am i'll never be able to own the team that, that I, I root for because he got way too much money <laughs> right you know i'm not mad at him but I, you know I'm, I'm glad to see where this new ownership group goes um i'm glad that um, magic johnson is a part of it and i'm curious and eager to see exactly what his <laughs> mindset is where you know where it's gonna go and Hopefully we gotta we get a championship out of this. Okay. I love it. All right. Had to get that. So DJ Michael B, I have a question for you. I know we're doing uh, an interview with Mel, but I got a question for you. You you got one of them crosses for us? Of course I do. Oh yeah. We got something <laughs> special for you, Mel. Check this out. This is the part where I shut the hell up and let DJ Michael <laughs> take over with the over. So cross him up one time, DJ. All right, let's do this, man. So, Mill, I think you're gonna I think you're gonna appreciate this one. All right. Okay. So I want you to chime in. I want you to chime in at the end or when, when, whenever you feel like you need to jump in, either one of you. So last mm-hmm. year, uh, as we are approaching now our one year anniversary of gentlemen's talk, um, even though we just merged with from the sidelines, gentlemen's talk is approaching one year. Uh, matter of fact, next week will be the anniversary show. Um, one of our most epic moments, John Ellis, somewhere in this chat, was a crossover that I came up with. And um, it started off something like this. In comics, this is what you have. You hear about love triangles all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's the Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman thing, just, just all over the place. So the most notable love triangle in comics, which I think is, Wolverine, Cyclops, and Jean Grey. So, just to revisit what we did last year, um, I am now going to give you five more songs of my most epic crossover, which was five songs that Wolverine broke Jean Jean Grey's back to. We're now doing five (laughs) more songs. So originally on the list, we had songs like Splacavelli, that uh boyfriend number two. <laughs> okay. Uh J- Jeremy, Jeremy ran Secret Lovers. Uh so here we go. Here is five more songs that Wolverine broke Gene Gray back to. Starting with number five, Can't Help But Way Trey Songs. This is this, this is Wolverine's way of looking. Like, hey, you keep going back with that dude, but I'm right here. And when you're done with him, I'll be right here waiting for you. Number four, we're going to go with a Drake anthem. Fuck that nigga that you (laughs) know so bad. Marvin's Room. Number three, we're going with a classic ballad by Joe. The things your man won't do, because Wolverine sure was waiting there for this man to screw the hell up. That's an all-time R&D classic, though. Yeah. That music video was cinematic beauty. Number two, not really much of a uh, a cheating song, but 
She will, Drake and Lil Wayne. I thought that was very fitting. And number okay. one, I can't believe I didn't think about this on the first time we did this topic. Lil Wayne single. Mm. Okay. I cannot believe I forgot about that one the first time we did this topic. Lil like, Wayne single. I'm with that. So there you have it. Five more songs. Now, Mel, go ahead and give me some songs you think uh Wolverine go ahead and did some things with. Oh wow. Um yeah, you gotta prepare me for this one. Um, <laughs> oh, no, that's the best part about this segment. That's the best part. Uh, it's five. Oh, damn. I don't. Wow. This is. Damn. This is crazy. <laughs> I, I was not prepared. Um. Okay, I mean, I'll, I'll go one. I'll go one. We'll go DMX. This is the only one that can pop my head. How's it going down? Oh, good one. Damn, good one. Um, Jimmy, don't be afraid to jump in now because I know you got look, some songs moving over there. Look, I'm going to give you one that's a little bit more. I say a little more recent, but not recent to the new generation, but it's from Avon. It's actually called Break Your Back. <laughs> 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 hey, that beat was fine when um, you hit, boy. I was like, hold on, man. And then I'm going to follow it up. I'm going to hit you with one more Avant one just because I'm in my Avant bag right now. I'm going to say read your I mind. mind. I haven't listened to Avant in a minute, though. You're bringing it back. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say read your mind because that's how he felt about Gene. About Gene oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. ZZ. Yeah. That's good. That's good. It just gave me another one. Escape my little secret. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was, I was gonna go a new edition of my secret, but same shit. Um, fuck, this is give me, nuts. I, give me Osley Brothers, Contagious. Oh, and another. There's one. a song. There is a song. I swear, I was. I've been looking for it for about a year and a half. There is a song by this dude. I do not know his name. I had the song. I had the CD. It was a single CD. One song. It's called Grass Ain't Greener. And I cannot find this, the person who sang the damn song. That, why does that sound familiar? Because it's, it's not every kid. No, because Chris Brown. Mario sung a version. Chris Brown had a Grass is Greener song. But that's not, the that's not the original song. And I can't find the person who sang the original. And it's killing me. But that would be it. No one knows that song clearly, but that would be one. Um, wow. Um, so I got to throw the most obvious to me, the most obvious song out there has got to be R. Kelly and Usher, Same Girl. Same Girl, yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's my honorable mention. Look, now the honorable mention gonna be Same Girl remix with T Pain. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, T Pain didn't murder the remix. Hey, keep playing. I throw look. I throw meeting in my bedroom in there too. Oh my God! Look at you. Mm. Hey, hey, you know, how, you, know, now, you, know huh? my, you know I love my R and B now. Yeah, that that was one of my tracks uh -huh. right there, boy. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, man, I'm drawing all blanks right now. Well. Don't worry. It, 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 it's coming to you later. 
yeah, it'll come. It's gonna pop up in the chat. We're gonna be like, yeah, yeah. Damn, that's good. That's that's actually pretty good. I didn't think about nothing like that before, but that's good. I like that. Yeah, so the, so I'm on uh, the other side. Yeah. Like I'm on the other side of this. I'm normally asking the questions, so yeah, to so be the, on the other yeah. side. Is- oh yeah, no. Nah, so the, the crossover is a staple of gentlemen's talk, but we always like to, even when we interview somebody, it's great to just kind of bring them into the field so they see. It's like, hey, I never thought about it like that, and right, it became one of the one of the two iconic normal segments we have in this show. That was something that debuted the very first gentleman's talk, and real talk is the other one that debuted on the very first show. Oh, yeah. So you already know what time it is. So we have the first two part real talk. So happened to mail just so happened to be on the show for this. So the very first one. Mikey, you've been sending me videos, and then I saw another video. What in the hell is going on with these kids putting their hands on teachers? Not bad. Uh-oh. Substitute teachers. What is going on? Why do we... And I had to deep dive. I started going into these comments, like people defending the student, people defending the teachers, and I'm like, alright. I'm going to watch this video, these videos as objectively as possible and try to figure out, you know, what's what. And I came to this very simple conclusion. Just like anything, and Mel going to know this very well when I say this, it starts at home. Yes. 100%. Because growing up, 100%, there's two things that we would do. One is respect our elders. The facts. And two, 100%. we wasn't trying to get in trouble. Because if we went home, two things no. going to happen. Whether it was your mom and your daddy beating your ass, it was your mom and your granny, your mom and your auntie, your daddy. It, it was something. It was a common. It was always two, though. It was never one. It was always yeah. two. But mm-hmm. it starts at home. If your parents, you don't respect your parents, first of all, clearly, you don't respect your parents, so you go to school and act a fool because you know your mm-hmm. parents not going to do nothing. So that tells me right off the rip that you have no respect for your parents at home because the fact that you think it's cool to put your hands on an adult as a kid is the wrong answer because yep. one of the other many, 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 many titles that I like to wear is the CEO of the fuck around and find out <laughs> community. Because if you put your hands on the wrong person, you have no idea mm-hmm. what may or may not happen. Oh, we got two more chimed in. I got to put these up. <laughs> <laughs> and then for some odd reason, I, this one, this one hurt. But that's true. That's probably the whole feelings. Hold up. Up. Yeah. I'm going to tell you a quick story about, look, I told you about my, my, my relationship that had that dissolved. When I tell you I played Icebox in my car as loud as I could for about four months, I wouldn't leave, I wouldn't back out of my apartment complex if I wasn't playing. So Icebox holds a very special place in my heart. I got got one question. That's one of Omarion's top songs of his entire career. So I got one question Mm -hmm. for you though. Did you do it for Lil Saint? Hey. Uh, No. <laughs> but, but yeah, so like, so so back on it. So we saw the the video that everybody saw, which was the the substitute teacher, as they like to say, the substitute teacher who was double cheeked up, that had the young lady's phone, and out. the student was all up in her, all up in a personal space, and she told us she wasn't giving the phone back, and then she proceeded to swing off on this teacher, and then eventually, essentially, got offensive lineman blocked all the way to the ground, got pancaked. Mm-hmm. 
to the ground. I'm watching this video and I'm just like, okay. And I'm just thinking about it like, and, and I watched another guy on TikTok post some similar stuff and he was right about this. He's like, our, we got two generations up in this interview, so this makes perfect sense. Our generations would not have let that happen. No. The guys in the class no. would have grabbed a girl or protected the teacher for one, especially a sub, because we know for a fact, and we always had this thing when our teacher would tell us, unless it was an extenuating circumstance, hey, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. I got a sub. You know, make sure y'all be on y'all best baby for the sub or, you know, saying I'm a, you know, you're going to get ridden up, go to ISA, you know, the normal warning. You know what I'm saying? We all went through that. So, and most every single class in high school, middle school, whatever, at least has one, maybe two athletes in the class. <clears throat> Usually your athletes will be like, hey, now, nah, look, they got enough clout to be like, hey, listen, don't take, look, get your hands off of her, you know, stop that, you know, I'm going to pick her up, you know, drag her out, you know, something. Mm -hmm. We live in a generation where everybody and their mama, the first thing to do is this. Grab the phone. Like, okay, yeah. let me just let me just record, you know, this incident instead of actually stopping this incident from happening. Like, what did you think this grown woman was gonna do after getting swung off on? Like, what what did you think was gonna happen? Uh for me, um, like I said, we come from a totally different time. And I think what happened at some point, I don't know where at what year it happened or anything like that, an overcorrection of something that was misunderstood took place. Everybody from my generation, I'm old, I'm 45. They would say, oh, my, well, my parents abused us. They, you know, we got beat with racetracks and hangers and this thing and that thing. I was like, yeah, but you, you knew not to act, act a fool. It wasn't abuse. Like, I think what happens is there's abuse and then there's discipline and we don't know where that line is anymore. And I've never had to put hands on my kid. Never. She, my voice does everything for my daughter. She knows when I'm talking and we're talking and she knows when daddy voice kicks in, shut it down. So I never had to, I've never had to discipline my child in, in terms of spankings and stuff like that. I got nephews though. I got little boy cousins. Got to punch them little bastards in the chest. <laughs> you sound like Jeremy. <laughs> because, <laughs> because that's the only thing that they respond to. Yep. Like, that's the only thing that, that it sets them straight. Like, it recalibrates their whole system. And unfortunately, we've gotten to a point where parents have told their children, you're not going to disrespect me, but it's okay for you to disrespect others in the street. And you could, I couldn't do that to Miss Johnson that lives next door to me. I couldn't disrespect her and tell her, well, you're not my mother. I can't, no, she would, she would slap the shit out of me. 100%. I, then you say like, mom she right, and then, then, and then we'll take me to my mom and be like, yo, like, he was talking crazy. And my mother was like, what you do? Well, I smacked him in the face. Now I did too. Now I got two. Like, discipline and abuse are not the same. And we've been, we've been tricked into thinking if you put your hands on your child, you're abusing them. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case. So what happens is when you don't discipline your children at home, they take that bad attitude into the world. And the world doesn't react like your house reacts. Mm -hmm. And 
this is the problem with young black boys. This is the problem with young black girls. And we don't get, you don't sit down with them and be like, hey, you shouldn't go out and do this because this could happen. So the, just like I mentor young boys and I, and I explain this to them. Yes, you need to go out and the person, that guy that you don't know, you still have to respect him. That mm -hmm. female that you don't know, you have to respect her. Because the thing about it is you're expecting everybody to respect you as a person, but you're not giving it in return. 100%. And that's where, and that's the bigger issue here is like that little girl and that she, off the top, you respect the teacher. That's the teacher. She's, a, she's in a position of authority, the same way a police officer is a position of authority. Uh, I don't, care, I don't care who it is. Like If they're wearing a uniform, mm -hmm. you respect that. A mailman, you respect him. Male lady, respect her. Mm -hmm. Whatever it may be, that's, whenever, that's how I was raised. Anybody who's, especially if they're older than you, if, you know, they're older than you, of course, they're elders and stuff like that. But when you're moving about throughout your day and you see a, you know, like there were security guards in my, my apartment complex growing up, it was, Hi, Mr. Rolock, how you doing? Like, it's just a respect thing. Nowadays, you get people, they'll live in the same complex with you for 15, 20 years. You never say hi to them once. Yep. Just that, just that greeting of the day. Yeah, and it's just, it's just, it's weird, you know, watching it as I, you know, as I get older and just see how far, I knew everybody in my neighborhood. I knew everybody. Like, I knew their kids. I knew their aunts. I knew I knew everybody. Everybody knew me. Everybody knew my mom. So I knew if I was acting crazy, it was going back to my mom or my dad, which I really didn't want to happen. But you know. Oh yeah, no. Nah. We 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 come from where you know. Are oh, you getting trouble? Oh, go ahead and call your mom. You'd be like shit. Mm -hmm. But I yep. want to take it. I want to take it another level deeper. And this is where I think it really where where the problem starts is, and I think that this group of this group of kids is empowered because there is no, yeah, no fear, because there's, there's no fear of consequence nope because if if this if this kid does something to a teacher substitute administrator counselor whatever the case might be the first thing that's going to happen is that parent is going to defend him what defend is the kid yes why did you hit my kid yeah. instead of what did she, or what happened what did she do to for this to happen yeah, like if, if your kid is being a little asshole, you cannot defend that kid being a little asshole. Like, story time. Let's play this game. You know what I'm saying? We, you and I come from the coaching world. So let me tell you a story about something that happened. And I'll leave all names out, obviously, for obvious reasons. But there was an incident where a young man who was not on my track team was bullying this other kid. I didn't know about it until all of a sudden he pissed in the locker and pissed all over his clothes. Oh, wow. So so we sit down with the administration. We sit down with all these people. Everybody, we all had this conversation. And the first thing the mom does is completely defends the kid. And I'm like, and I'm a very, I'm a very honest person. So I'm like, so you're telling me that it is perfectly okay for your kid to piss all over this kid's clothes after he's been bullying this kid. And that's supposed to be okay. Came up with every excuse in the book. And I'm like, last time I checked, according to your son's records, He's not a 504 kid. He's not a special needs kid. 
He is mm-hmm. a normal student. He is not on any kind of medication. No ADHD. No, no ADD. No, none of that. He's a normal kid. Your kid is just being a little, a little butt. Yeah, he just got. Least. Yeah, he did. But, he just got you know, ASS. Yeah, yeah, he do. And you over here acting like you know my baby's a superstar. My baby does no wrong. And I'm like, you might want to check your kid because if you think that's okay. We got a different problem because let that incident happen when myself and like Michael or in you when we were younger. Oh, let that have been my locker that got pissed on or yours or yours. Oh, no, oh, no it's, it's a fight on site. Once I yeah, find out who you are, it's a fight on site. There's no questions. There's, yeah. there's no questions. Yeah. There's no discussion because there's a fight. Because you know, no you know I, can't, I, can't, I can't wear those clothes anymore. No, that's, I got to burn them. Yeah, I, I, 100%. I got to burn those. Like, so, one, I got to fight you. Like, I, I got to fight you just for the sake of my own pride. I got to fight you. Yeah, because we were raised, my dad was like, my dad was very much, if you let someone do something once, Mm -hmm. they'll do it twice. And if if you allow someone to do it twice, then it's your fault. 100%. So you only got got one time with me. That's it. You get one. You only get one. So you could bully me and you piss on my shit. It's, It's go time. 100%. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, and, I, I grew up wearing glasses, so you know if you you slap my glasses off, there, there you only got one. There was no second, third. No, there was right. one time. Because to me, that was no difference in you spitting in my face. It's the same like, thing. You 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 touch me because you you put your hands on me and you knock my glasses off my face. We got we got to fight. I'm sorry. We got we got to fight. That's just what it is. So I'm gonna keep our wonderful same incidents, if you will, in the schools, and we have another interesting issue that has come about and it is female teachers and male students it's funny you bring that up it is like, so fu- i literally i'm in a in-depth argument right now on tiktok about this but go ahead because why why is this becoming so common why because we are dealing with now like of course all of us growing up you know, it usually was the other way around. It usually wasn't the female to the male. It's usually the male teacher and the young female student. That usually, that's usually what the norm was. Is that's what? It's weird because that's what. I'm gonna, okay. It's two. It's two parts to it. One, that's what the media would want you to believe that it was mostly the male teachers and the female students. And there was a there was a element when, especially when we were young. Y'all can tell me if I'm wrong or not. But every, not every female teacher I had, but for the most part, most of my female teachers were older. Damn right, they were in their fifties, sixties. No, like not, they, not, not all, not all mine. No, I'm not even going front. With you. I had two. I had two teachers growing up. My sixth grade teacher, Miss Sinclair. She loved my dad, but Miss Sinclair was crazy. She was literally she was like six three, chocolate, bad. Like looked like Naomi Campbell in Naomi Campbell's heyday. That was weird. <clears throat> yeah. Like she was on my, she stayed on my dad. She was on, but oh, when's your dad coming back up here? Never do you want to see my mama? I <laughs> know. <laughs> hey, I had one my sophomore year, boy, Miss Woodley, boy. She played volleyball at LSU and she looked just like a volleyball player, thick, black, tall mm-hmm. woman. And I was like, Lord, help us. I was like, but you best believe I had a 90 in that class, though. I sat in the front row for that class. That's the only class I sat in the yeah, front row. Yeah, now it's, it's just weird now. The bigger issue now, a lot of these teachers, they're like 24 years old. Like you get, like there was a teacher 
we'll go we'll go into like the teacher and the math students. There was a teacher. She was teaching high school, a high school class. Mm-hmm. She was twenty five years old, fresh out of college. You can't put a twenty five year old around eighteen year old boys. Hell no. That's basically college. <clears throat> college relationship. Yeah. So it's it's becoming a real. There was a whole nother one where I think the I forgot how old the, how old the teacher was, but she ended up sleeping with her 14-year-old middle school student, ended up getting pregnant. I know exactly which story you're talking about, too. And then, this is the craziest part of the whole thing. He turned 18. And she hit him with child support. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. What well, right. you like, young man? Yeah. It's time to be in the exactly. Right. And I was like, after, but it's crazy. And I had I saw guys in comments with some of you know, when the teachers mess, you know, when it was a when it's a female teacher and a male student, you see a lot of men say, Oh, I wish that was my teacher. I wish that I wish they were like that when I was younger. And I just jump in the comments and I'd be like, Okay, just pause. Take yourself out of this. Imagine, since you think this is cool, that's a male teacher and your daughter. Tell me if you feel the exact same way now. Facts. And some of them ain't got kids, so they don't really, they can't capture that that feeling that like like you and I would capture Mel talking about something like that. Like, you know, I got a, mm-hmm. I got a teenager finna start high school. You think I want some right. damn 27-year-old fucking coach trying to talk to my little teenage daughter? Because first of all, no, nah, my brother, you're going to see a no. whole other person pull up at this school and you ain't going to like me. Yeah, like it's just, it's, you should not be a grown person Preying on these kids, whether it's a male, whether it's a male teacher or a female teacher, like why are you looking at children like that? It's crazy. Exactly. Like, and then like the craziest one I heard, and I watched the interview and the video and stuff. I, I was mind blown by this when it was a um, it was a female. She was a, I think she was a custodian, a custodian, and she essentially was grooming this young man to a point where he was at a high school party. She pulled up, picked him up. They went down the street and, you know, she she assaulted him, if you will, and then brought him back to the party. Yeah, that's crazy. See, the thing, and the thing about it is the mindset is totally different because a little, see, that, that's the, that right there is like, a, when it's a boy, he'll look at it differently. A little girl is not going to look at it the same way. And so the boy is not gonna, he's not gonna tell on the teacher because he's like, well, I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna keep doing this. At some point, that and that little girl is gonna feel fucked up the same way it should feel fucked up for the boy. But that's yeah. not how we we won't we as especially like if a little if a if a 14-year-old boy came to an older man and said, Yo, my teacher is having sex with me, we would look at him and be like, Well, nigga keep doing your thing, like go on, like whatever. But if it's a 14-year-old girl said there was a teacher, a male teacher doing it, we ready to burn the whole school down. Keep that same energy both sides. That's that's all I say. It's it's, it's bad both ways. Look, statutory is statutory, no matter what the gender yep. role is. Yep. So it, that's the bigger issue. It's like men, little boys aren't gonna say anything. It's a, it's just it's just and it sucks. It sucks because you're getting they're getting taken advantage of 
just as bad as if it's if it's a if it's a girl. Oh yeah, no, one hundred percent. Um, we we on the same boat with that. But we had just I brought that up because, like I said, I've seen a lot of it. I've seen it come up way too much. Probably in the it's last the last the last four month. or five months. Yeah, yeah last, last like, four or five months. I was like, why is this so common right now? Like, and and it's also a product of this new generation. We we already talked about it. Everything revolves around this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, let me let me go brag to my boys real quick. Or let me, you know, let me record. Or, you know, oh, hey, check out this screenshot of all these text messages, you know, between me and such and mm-hmm. such. You know, I'm like, <sighs> y'all yep. incriminate yourselves from the jump. From the word go. From the like, word go. And, that, and that's and that's where, like, you know, like myself and like and, and Micah get affected is because our generation was the we we were the kids that grew up, we were the dial-up kids, and then we became the the some the broadband kids and now we're the wife you no know, then the wi-fi kind of came up but then now it is current generation if the wi-fi go out for five minutes they lose their damn religion oh they done they, they, they're they like oh my god it. oh See, my god the wi-fi is down okay and look i come from even i come from even worse than that you gotta understand we used to have to be outside all day with no cell phone so nobody knew where the hell we were we were fucking gone oh it might it might be Unmute yourself, Michael. You got you're muted, Michael. So it's just like you know, we like when we when people say, "Oh, we had to be back home by the by the time the streetlights came on." That was our that's that's our time clock. Like, bro, Damn is right. the sun going down? Sun going down? I got a break. Like, there was no phone call. Where you at? No, no, not that. No. Different different times too. I mean, you know, of course, we was also drinking from the water hose. We wasn't worried about you know yeah. all the predators and stuff because it was always man. groups of us. You know, like I wish somebody mm-hmm. would pull up on us in a van with five, six of us. We about to beat that dude. Out. Oh no, we rolled deep. There was like it was always 10, 12 of us. Yeah, like we wasn't. This was wasn't the game. Like you think you finna catch one of us? No, no. Rollerblade, get you. Going back to the go, go, going back to the the original uh, topic of of real talk. Going back to the first topic. Do you think because a lot of people stay inside now because of cell phones and things like that, and we don't have that community feeling no more, no matter where you are, yeah. people don't know each other. Do you think that plays a certain part in the respect factor now in respecting another I adult? I do. I do because my like my closest friends, their mothers and fathers were like extensions. They were like they were bonus parents for me. Mm-hmm. So if I couldn't, you know, if I didn't, if I couldn't go to my house or whatever, I could always go to my friend's house. Like always, like it was never a point where they would be like, nah, you can't stay over here. They yeah. was like, nah, like, like, come on through. Like I would, you know, like I would stay hours at a friend's house, just mm-hmm. playing Nintendo or electric football or whatever it is. Like we would do that all day long. But I, and it was, there was a sense of, Everybody knew where we were, even though they weren't technically family. Go look for the bikes. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like the guy at the grocery store at the corner store knew my entire family. So if my mom ever was like, man, I didn't see Mel and she was in the store. It's like, oh, no, actually, I saw him, you know, and a couple of his cousins. They, you know, they went that way. And if he pointed that way, oh, they went to their grandmother's house. Mm-hmm. Like, 
So it was there was a chain of people that always had an eye on where you were going. It's the way it's supposed to be. The way it's supposed to be. It takes a village to raise a child, bro, and that and that's what we're missing now. Yep. yep. Yeah, and the I mean, fact even... that people go ahead. Go ahead. That was great. No, I was gonna say the fact now that people can be in a community and the child gets missing and somebody can say I never saw him is ridiculous to me. It's crazy. Very much so. Absolutely. But going back on the you know the the kids being in, in empowered thing, and I'm like I think about it you know mostly with like myself and and, and Micah's generation like it's it's to a point now even in the work world like you know it's it's not even no more you know sir and ma'am like we own first name basis with our managers and shit now mm -hmm. and i'm like yep when i first really got into the workforce i was like man this is weird like i'm like i'm it took me forever to get from i'm always just like you know sir ma'am whatever like you know oh you know call me such and such what let me call you what it's like you know so crazy it's like it's you know your mom you, and, say that. you know your mom and dad's government name right but you never call them by a government name you like it just don't no. it don't mm -mm. come out normal natural it just no. don't sound right and that was me in the work world like you want me to call you what i'm, I'm just gonna call yep. you sir because i don't really know what else i'm supposed to do here it don't feel right and it's it's crazy because like i said my wife has a dance studio and all of the kids inside the studio they call me mr mel and like they see me like hey mr melvin mr melvin mr melvin and there was a lady in the front, like older than, because there's three levels to the complex that we're at. And they all shouted down Mr. Melvin to wave to me and say hi. And a lady looked at me and she was just like, oh, like that's, I've never seen that. Like I've never seen that, like what do you mean? She was like, like I can tell those kids, like they respect you. Like, cause they're going out of their way to greet you from up there. And the way that they greeted you is, she's like, I don't know if she's a teacher or not, but she said, I have students that they just call me Cheryl. Oh, hell no. No. <laughs> no. No. And, and I was like, oh, no, nah, they would never do that. They would never <laughs> do that. Mm -mm. And most of them, and most of them, like, they're real close. So they'll even call me uncle. They'll be like, they'll be like, uncle, can I go get this? Uncle, can I go get this? Like, they'll, ne like, don't, the closest they'll get to Mel is when they, when they, or Melvin is one, they call me Mr. Melvin. But that's, that's it. The way it's supposed that's, to be. No, because yeah. I, I used to work uh after school program and uh Jeremy knows this. Uh I was working an after school program and a lot of the kids were my my youngest brothers and me and my brother are nine years apart, so we're good good ways apart. And he, when he got to high school, he became friends with some of the kids that were in my after school program, even though he was at another school. So to this day, they're like 23, 24 now. And they still see me. Hey, Mr. Micah, how you doing? I just be like, oh, I'm good, man. This and that. When we talk. And then mm -hmm. I, thought, I told one of them, I, I said, you know, you don't have to call me Mr. Micah no more. Like, I, I understand you're, 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 you're grown. And this, he was just like, he said, no, but you're Mr. Micah. Like, you're, you're, you're a mentor. Right. I have to call you Mr. And I was right. like, that's a lost art in this generation. It caught me it off guard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and you see it on TV, like, a lot of these, like, even, like, we'll go to the NFL, like, a lot of these cats don't even address their head coach by, like, they they use, oh. they using first names and shit, mm -hmm. I'm like, and, and Mike no. can tell you, first of all, don't, none of my athletes not, never call me by my doggone just my name. Nope, my, <laughs> I coached my, I coached my nephews, and I never had to tell them this, this was the, this was the, this was the coolest part about the whole thing, is that I never had to tell them that, 
they always called me coach. When we were mm -hmm. on the field, it was always coach. Ne ne never, not one time did they be like, yo, Uncle Melvin, did not one time. It was always coach or coach Jackson. And I'm just like, and I dawned on me one day, I'm like, they never leave. All right, cool. We good. We good. But it's just, it's a respect thing. And if you raise your kids right and your nieces and nephews right, it'll just spill out into the real world and pe other people will see it. Oh, you mean the way it's supposed to be, the way society is right. supposed to go. This is that, yes. you know, takes a village. Start at, it starts at home, though. You mm -hmm. have to teach the basis, the foundation of respect. And if that means they must respect you as your parents, then they'll respect their elders. They'll respect other adults. Because I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate. I'm one of them people. I'm fortunate. I grew up, you know, my great-grandmother was in my life. And I'm like, look, I wouldn't call her nothing less than exactly what she is. You know, that's my great-grandmother. Oh, like, no. You know. Listen here. My grandmother but, had a paddle about this long mm -hmm. with all the grandkids and great-grandkids names on it. Every time you act stupid, guess what you was getting? <laughs> uh, my, mine, mine was notorious for uh, what we call... um. The psychological ass whooping. She made me go pick my own switch. Oh nah, she had and that old fraternity flat. She said, "Go grab me one of them switches, and you you don't grab the wrong one." Oh, don't yeah, grab. We the had wrong a rose bush. We had a rose bush in the grandmother's house. We wasn't doing that. My grandmother had a, uh, a Trinidad leather belt. Nope, bruh. Mm -mm. Nope. That's that. That's that. Mm, that's that thick thing. Mm -hmm. Yep. One 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 shot leave a new tattoo you ain't asked for? Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about handmade, homemade leather belts. You get the, you can't even scream. You tuck your lip and run off. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like we that's what some of these kids need nowadays, though. Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. Like it I don't care what nobody says. Sometimes a little ass whooping goes a long way. Yeah, it might keep they saying you gotta beat them. But a little ass will move a long way. We can we can keep a we can keep a we can keep a, a good portion of the population out of jail with a couple ass. Yeah. Oh hell yeah, yeah. Look, just bring back Big Mama, change everything. That's it. Well, Big Mama yeah. like thirty five years old now, so like I said, bring back Big Mama, not not young Big Mama. <laughs> Big Mama that's <laughs> fifty fifty plus, you know, in her upper sixties, you know. I, I gotta come to the right now. She's a grandmother, and she is thirty-five. And she barely older than yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm thirty-two. She's thirty-five, and she's a grandmother. No hell no. Mm -hmm. And great grandma probably forty-five. <laughs> <laughs> daughter just had her first child at twelve. Oh no, that's crazy. Oh, no. That's a that's a like I that's mm, my daughter, like my niece, my sister's daughter. Got pregnant at 15. Mm. My daughter hasn't seen her since. And my sister's mad about that. And I'm like, no. Listen here. There is no way in shape and form that I can allow my child to think that that's okay. Because it's not. My daughter, yeah. Now, think about it. My, my niece right now has a, I think, seven-year-old? Seven. Because, yeah. My daughter graduates college in a month. Damn. She doesn't graduate college if this happens. Like, mm -mm, we're not doing that. Hell no. Not at all. 
No, I'm not. I'm no way. We're not. It's all about how you raise them. 100%. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a brief intermission. I want to give you guys a little preview into tomorrow's from the sideline production of player versus team. So, ladies and gentlemen, here is Zamora. So, guys, I just want to give you a 15-minute preview of what's going to happen at PBT. Um, So, we got... A lot of things on the docket. The main thing we got to talk about the infamous WWE player, Draymond Green. We're going to talk about his career, his start in the league, and all that. We're also going to get into all the recent injuries with Clay. I'm um, not Clay, I'm sorry, with Giannis, Ja, and a couple others. And we're also going to talk about these standings. This is the first time ever Warriors have been an O. In nine, every time they've been down two games in the playoff, which is not a good record. So we're gonna see how this turned out, and I'm gonna see y'all's predictions for the games to come. Don't remember, please subscribe and also uh, watch Gentleman's Talk and watch Mail, OG Mail. I, I gotta get into Mail because he was he was talking stuff about me. But anyways, um, <laughs> please subscribe. All right. Oh man, so I guess no, uh, I didn't say I guess nothing she, about Zamar. She's coming for you. She oh, said, I'm coming man. for you. <laughs> we always, that's look, that's a little sis. We always going at it. That's that's what we do. That's how our relationship is. We just go back and forth. It's, it's all good. It's all up. Absolutely. So, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, if you ain't catch that, tune in tomorrow. Player versus team starring Zamora, your host. She's going to get y'all live and in color. She's going to talk about that future WWE superstar, Draymond Green, and all the fuckery that is going on with my man dropping the most epic curb stomp in the NBA. So y'all tune in for that, of course. Yeah, you know I had to get... That's my one WWE reference per show. Oh, man. Um, Like we talked about before, next week is the anniversary of Gentleman's Talk. Um, The studio will look a little different in the background. For me, I will be out of state, but that does not mean the show is going to stop. But we are going to have something special for you. We're going to get some guests lined up for you. What it simply means is we will take about a two-week break from our From the Sidelines Chronicles, give us some time to get some things lined up, get this anniversary show going. And I have another show coming up shortly after that that I think you guys are going to love. We're going to talk to a couple of black business owners. We're going to talk about some black-owned businesses. We're going to talk about some best practices. We're going to start giving you guys a little more wisdom from the lounge. It's one thing for us to interview and talk to all these amazing people, but it's another thing to spread knowledge and wisdom because they always say knowledge is power, right? Let me tell you this. Knowledge is power, but knowledge is completely useless if you don't spread it. Facts. You got to stop holding them trade secrets, man. You got to spread it out. You got to spread the wealth. If you educate the masses, if you educate the youth, they will take care of you when you are no longer in the workforce. Mm -hmm. So be looking out for that. Gentlemen's Lounge, Gentlemen Talk is going to be on and popping as per usual make sure y'all tune in friday inside the huddle mel you want to give us a little preview into what you got going for us on the dock for that um yes um apparently we got some good stuff um going on uh lamar jackson was offered a two million dollar fully guaranteed two two million dollar uh fully guaranteed contract i think it was up to 250 total Mm -hmm. um there are some also um some more you know trade things happening um so we'll definitely get into that um story time is funny um i want to bring up some ll stuff on friday um yeah so you know we'll get into a little bit of things you know how we do on friday oh yeah you know how it is it's gonna be it's gonna be on the the fridays yeah so of course like i said 
You check out our host over there, OG Mill. Of course, Mr. GQ, myself, I will be in the building. Per usual, Kev's check out the homie Moolidge, who y'all saw last week on the From the Sidelines Chronicles. So you know we're going to bring that fire. We're going to bring that heat. We're going to bring them spicy takes. I'm talking about like that mango habanero type of spice. So be ready for that. So mm-hmm. keep tuning in to everything from the sidelines because I'm telling you right now, if you're not on this train, you're going to miss it. Because when it take off, good luck catching up because we're coming for okay. everybody. Just like Coach Prime said, hey, I'm coming. All right, from the sidelines, we're coming, ladies and gentlemen. So this has been the from hey, the – off. I got one more segment I want to hear what Mel got to say on this song. I don't want to hear what both of y'all say. Okay. Well, drop the dumbass millionaires for me, please. Oh, that's how you feel, Mr. All right, ladies and gentlemen, before we go and we sign out like we normally do, I just want to hear both of y'all takes on this. So it recently came out on uh, social media or wherever it is. Something I want to talk to y'all about on Dumbass Millionaires. For those of you that are not familiar with Dumbass Millionaires, let me break it down for you. Every week, a millionaire or celebrity does some stupid shit. <laughs> it is what it is. It just um. And no, this is not Russell Westbrook versus the fan because the fan was being very stupid. This has something to do with the baby daddy of baby daddies. The king of the baby daddies is what I like to call him. Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon came out recently and said he would love to have another kid. And guess who he said he wanted to have that kid with? If I'm... I'm scared. Oh. No, I saw it too. I saw it. Um, was it the one where he's talking about Christina Milian? No, it's not Christina Milian. No, not her. Damn it! I got her face in my head. Oh, I, I have no idea. I, I didn't even see this story. No, I saw it. I, I, I saw the article, but it was somebody. It's not Christina Milian, no, because she had a baby. No, she didn't have one with him. She had one with what's his name? Not yeah, Christina Milian, Christina Milian doesn't have one with Nick Cannon. Yeah, so, yeah. But he, he, he could go back and do what he would have one with Christina Milian, but that's not what we're talking about. Okay, what do you say? He said he wanted to have his thirteenth child with Taylor Swift, bro. Yeah, I know it's something doofy saying. Yeah, it was Taylor Swift. Look at this man's face. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So Nick Cannon has 12 kids by six different baby mamas. I'm not knocking to do it because obviously he has the money to pay all the child support in the world that he wants to pay. But no, no. Yeah, at at what point is this getting a little bit ridiculous, bro? I mean, at least he got his ratio together with, you know, 12 by 6. I mean, that ain't terrible. That's, that's you know, two well, kids for a woman. That ain't bad. That's because he's got, like, three sets of twins. That's true. I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm just throwing it out there. It could be worse. But 12 kids in general. I don't give a damn how many baby mamas it is. 12 kids is a lot. That's way too much. That that's, is 10, that's 10 kids too 11, for me. That's 11 too much right there. That's, just... <laughs> that's 11 too much. <laughs> My my issue with this is it's not that he wants to have a kid, a thirteenth kid. Why, of all people, 
why would you pick America's sweetheart? <laughs> like because that because, be, because it's the ultimate. It would make one of the ultimate music babies. It's like making a D one baby. It's like when two six. It's like when a six foot four woman and a six foot seven man have a baby. That's a D one baby. That is. I just right. I for me, I think it's kind of hip. It's kind of hypocritical on his part because he's very pro black. So he says. This is true. And then, he, and then he wants to have a baby with a. I don't even know if Taylor Swift is 140 pounds. Right. So you know, for you to for you to pick Taylor Swift of all of and with all your pro blackness, that's a bit much. Like, I don't know. I don't. I don't see the. I don't see the allure in it. I don't find Taylor don't Swift see. very attractive. I don't. In this place. That is. Yeah, I don't see nothing like, there. I mean, you like. You like. No, no. Like and and, and Michael, Michael, will tell you, I'm, I'm. When it comes to being Mr. Worldwide, I'm, I'm, I don't. My passport is very well stamped, and and Taylor Swift is not a stamp I would be having on my passport. No, like, nope. Just I'm me. flying over and, that. Like on top of that, I think uh, myself being a DJ, I will get a fire ass album <laughs> from who? Not from Nick Cannon. From what? Not from Nick Cannon. From Taylor Swift. <laughs> Uh, about when they know. about when they break up, yo. Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no. yeah, you gonna get it? You gonna get another platinum album about that? Yeah. I just uh, look. I just needed y'all take on that man. I just want to see what y'all had to say because and, I and know, I was like, yeah, this that's absolutely ridiculous. Now that's beyond ridiculous. I don't even know. He just he just didn't he? His he just had a baby. Like, just had one like four like four or five months ago. Yeah, he he he's had uh I think two two or three kids in the past six months, bro. At what point is he gonna get married to one of these women and just never stay down, stay stay home, if you will? If that makes sense. Because what? He said he doesn't believe in marriage. Stop having okay. kids. He he said he don't believe in marriage, and he also doesn't believe God made a man to only have kids with one person. Well, that's the that's well, the lie he's is, telling the women he's he having is very kids much. So he is a hundred percent procreation of all. Okay. Yeah. No, yep. I don't I mean, believe in that. Only only one of them got to make make big, make famous. Facts. I mean, you got twelve chances. <laughs> <laughs> can't go over. Can't go over twelve. Can you? Image is here. I think. He, no, he gonna go over twelve. He gonna go over twelve. Because nah, the best shot he had. The best shot he had was the two he had with Mariah, and I don't think those are going to do nothing. Nah, I, I'll be I'll be realistic. I think he'll I think he'll go probably four four or five or twelve. I'll be I'll be realistic. If he if a thirteenth one comes up, I'll say five or thirteen. But, yeah, but at least they have at least they will have the means. <laughs> oh, they'll have the money. Like they have the means to do whatever. So and opportunity you know, will not be a problem. No, no, no. And you know what? I hope they all graduate college and do something phenomenal in his life. You know, cool. I mean, we should never like we're we not gonna sit there and act like like Nick Cannon ain't well off for himself. He's doing a lot of great things. Like he really is. Oh, yeah. Like he, he's big, big time on NBC. Of course, we know Wilding Out is big. Like you know, America's Got Talent. We know Nick Cannon's all over that. Like it's not that he's not. He's had a very successful post music career. Yeah. No. He's look. Them kids what don't have all the opportunity world. in the world. Yeah. What music career? I said post music. I didn't say nothing else. I just said post music. He can't else. have a post music career if he don't have a music career. He oh, had man. look running joke, running joke. Yeah, a bad one is still a, a career. <laughs> you know, I, I, and, I, and I you know what? Like he, 
if you seen the episode of Wild and Out, and he was like, "Why haven't you ever done anything to save my uh, Captain's music career?" And see, I was like, "What music career?" <laughs> oh, I've seen that. And his and his something of an acting career, if you will, whatever the case that was, I don't know. Hey, the man, we all like He's talented. We all like Drumline. No, we love Drumline, and we also love that in Love Don't Cost a Thing, he put a condom on a car. Absolutely. Yeah, I didn't watch Love Don't. I didn't watch Love Don't Cost. No, 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 no. You, you uh, gotta watch. I forgot what it was. I think it was like the the radiator cap or something. Something was missing. I forgot what he, it was. He pulled. Yeah. He pulled. He because Steve Harvey was his dad in that movie, and he went real slick with it. Pulled the condom out of his pocket, and you know I'm saying one hand he ripped it, pulled it out, and then put it on like the fucking radiator cap or something to keep the car from like overheating or something. It was the dumbest shit you ever seen in your life. But. That, is that movie was that movie was dumb, but that's something that you'll never forget from that movie is that one particular scene. The one time Nick Cannon uses a condom. <laughs> All right, man. Look, okay. Uh, before we go, happy birthday to my brother's day's birthday. Happy birthday, Cassell. Absolutely, uh, Cassell. Happy B day, my happy dog. birthday. Shout out to you, man. Uh, Mel, appreciate you coming through, man. Uh, no, I appreciate you guys for having me. Nah, man. Any, any, any last closing arguments, thoughts, anything that you want to put out there to the world? Phoenix is going to win nah, that. Man. Um, nah, Clippers are going to win that. I told you that already. Um, nah, I, I, yo, I really appreciate you guys for having me. This was dope. Um, we'll do part two at some point. We'll, we'll figure it out. Um, sure. We can, you know, we can dig a little deeper in some of the other stuff. Um, but yeah, no, nah, this was great. It's different being on this side here, though. But um, you know, it's cool. I like it. It was different. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually after you and I, me, you and like I said, you and I have been talking a lot. I'm actually looking forward to like to also having having your wife come on and like get that that other side of it that a lot of people. Mm-hmm aren't familiar with like that i think is going to be really really dope to kind of pull back the curtain on that too so definitely looking forward to that as well so of course like i said you guys already know we got mother's day around the corner we got father's day around the corner we have memorial day i have a very special memorial day episode coming down the pipe for you i'm working with a couple of veterans appreciate you troy for helping me out with a few of those as well we're gonna put something special together for you of course we will continue with From the Sidelines Chronicles in about two weeks. Like I said, eventually we're going to have to get to the interview between myself and DJ Micah B and let everybody know who the hell we are. Because you only know <laughs> yep. us as these goofy-ass people on Wednesdays. And sometimes you see me on Friday <laughs> and sometimes Micah on Monday. But we got to peel back the curtain on us, too, so that you understand how this crazy-ass, dysfunctional-ass From the Sidelines family all came together. In one way, shape, form, or fashion, yep. it all comes back to Troy. So shout-out to you, all Troy. Comes, all comes back to him. 100% mad love and respect to you for being the maestro. So, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, as you see in the handle, I am the CEO of Dilfs Incorporated, Mr. GQ. I am the leader of the baby mama, <laughs> DJ Micah B. <laughs> I'm just here. I'm here for it. <laughs> 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 we out.